The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Time to learn more on personal finance with Warren Ingram. He's the co-founder of Galileo Capital. Today, answering the question, is a balanced portfolio the best investment for most people? Warren, welcome again to The Money Show. Balanced portfolios, usually mutual funds that typically contain a component of stocks and bonds. How do we determine uh, who likes what in that particular portfolio? So I think the, I mean, the interesting thing to me about it is that, you know, these are, are, are a very old category of funds. And if we look at our retirement funds, you know, most of us, whether we work for a company and we've got a company pension fund or a personal RA, most of our money will be sitting in these kind of balanced funds. And, uh, you know, I think they kind of get ignored quite a lot, you know, especially when, when the world's getting scary or, or very good, you know, when, when, when things are going well again, we, we kind of think, gee, why, why would we put money in these boring old funds? You know, and they're, they're just kind of the middle of the road, you know, plod along, plodding along doing nothing. Uh, and in fact, you know, they seem to deliver pretty good returns over long periods of time. And, and, you know, as you say, you know, they're fairly typical. You know, they've got about 60 or 65 to sometimes 75% in shares, whether they're South African shares or global shares. And, and then they've got a bit of exposure to cash and a bit of exposure to, to property companies and then the balance in, in government bonds. But, but they, to me, end up being the place that most of us should have most of our money most of the time. You know, I think they're kind of um, almost the, the, the unsung hero of, of the money world. Now, you've crunched the numbers, um, Warren, in terms of the growth uh, potential of these particular funds, uh, basing it around 2010. Uh, take us through what the economy looked like then and whether, when, when you invested then, how much you'd have today. So, so I thought 2010 was a good time because, you know, that was the World Cup year and, you know, we, we, we'd kind of, uh, you know, life was good then. You know, we were the darling of the world and uh, we, we had an economy that was growing. Uh, it, uh, it kind of surprised me when I look back, you know, the rand was at 7 rand 38 to the dollar. Can we go about back? It over eight. <laughs> yeah. Now, you, you look at that and you go, gee, and, and today we're at 18 plus, you know, and, and uh, unemployment at the time, I remember – Unemployment in those days was was like it is today. You know, it, it was kind of a bone of contention and a really sore point. And but but, but it was twenty three percent. You know, we're over. I think we're over thirty five now. Uh, and you know, and, and to have a growing economy at that time, reducing unemployment, uh, strong rand. Uh, you, you know, it was. It, it, just think about what's kind of happened from from you know the World Cup uh, to now. Uh, we, we've had, you know, the, the 10 lost years that we've had, you know, we've been downgraded to junk as a country, uh, you know, record load shedding, which is not, not a record we ever want, you know, gray listing, the looting and the, uh, you know, COVID, all of that. It's, it's been a, you know, I mean, I mean, to say it's been a hard, a hard 13 years is, is a pretty accurate statement. Uh, and, and I thought, well, let's just have a look at what, what would have happened if we'd put a hundred thousand rand into some, the, the to kind of at the time the two biggest balanced funds around uh and and then what what happened to the buying power of our money from from that time to now and and then you know um i, I looked at what 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 was the kind of average money market unit trust and the reason i did that was w- w- when times are rocky and the markets are going down you know it's kind of a human thing to say gee i should just put my money in cash you know at least it never goes down so i thought well that's quite a nice thing let's ha- let's have a look at that as well uh, and, and from 2013 to now, you know, if we put a hundred thousand rand, uh, and, and try to protect it against inflation, uh, our hundred thousand rand would now need to be worth uh, just under 200,000, 196,000 rand. 
you, you put your money in cash and, and it never goes down. Uh, what, what happens to that? Uh, you know, 13 years later, your 100,000 is worth just under 230,000. It's 228,000 Rand. Uh, and, and then I looked at it, and, and we don't need to give them uh, uh, kind of free advertising, but the two big balanced funds that, that I looked at, uh, they, they've generated a return of about 363,000 um, for the one and 367,000 for the other. And so this those is just money that would be funds. growing passively, uh, Warren. You don't have to touch it. You don't have to fiddle with it. It's stuff that you bought uh, at a particular time, let's say 2010. You have your group of of shares and stocks and uh, you, that you've put in there, a uh, percentage of, um, of bonds and property stocks as well, and you leave that for 12 years, and that how, that's how much you would have made. Exactly right. And and no rocket science, no, no timing the market, no not being cleverer than... Uh, than everyone else about when to buy and when to sell. And, and you just think about how much time and energy we all spend. I, I'm doing it every Thursday night, you know, but talking about the markets and where things are going and what's the RAND going to do. <laughs> there's a lot going on. All of that. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on and so much noise, you know, and, and, and then you just think, wow, like, why, why do we spend so much energy and, and, and especially emotional energy and stress on, 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 on what our money does when actually, you know, just just buying something that's fairly balanced, fairly consistent, and 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 leaving it, you you end up, you know, more than yeah, more than kind of nearly well, not quite. Let me say, nearly doubling the buying power of your money, uh, and and I think that's the real power of this is is actually you know we want to protect our capital against inflation, we want to grow uh, uh, far faster than that, and not being super clever gets you to that point. Just just buying something and holding it for a long period of time, and and I I didn't go and choose the ones that had done the best. You know, I just chose the two biggest ones at the time uh, and and then I, I mean i have to point it out and i know uh, um, I, I know i'm being a bit naughty but but you know these these fund managers you know they spend millions and millions of rands on on branding and marketing and you know they do these big tv ads and they tell us how amazing they are and why they're so different and why they're so special 13 years later the difference between the two funds works out to be about four thousand rand uh, um, you know on, on amounts of over three hundred and sixty thousand yeah. rand and to me that's nothing you know that that's not money. I, I don't know why we spend uh, so, so much energy even just choosing fund managers. You know, we just need to choose you know like kind of consistent managers and and be done with it. We can kind of put it in the bottom drawer and forget about it for a decade, and I think we'll be surprised with the result. And how much would we have to pay uh, for a service like this over the past twelve years that you've been talking about from twenty 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 ten to about twenty twenty three? Uh, how much are we per, pay, paying in terms of service costs? So, so those uh, th- those funds would typically r- run you at about one and a half percent a year. Uh, so it's a good question because I haven't actually done the the, the sums. But um, w- while I'm kind of stalling you and and um, and trying to work it out quickly, but 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 it would uh, the, the important point to point out there is that your your three hundred sixty plus thousand rand is after costs because when you buy these oh, uh, these okay. balanced funds, the, the costs are built in already. So so you've paid all your fees. The, the only thing you haven't paid would be um, our, our profit share to, to our beloved SARS because we, we would have to pay some capital gains tax when we, we sell one day. But, but that's the only other cost. You know, everything else is already baked into that, that, that growth. And how does somebody uh, buy into a balanced uh, portfolio or this type, this type of fund? You know, uh, I mean, pretty much all the big mutual fund or unit trust companies, uh, you know, have have a direct uh, offering. In other words, you can go onto their website and and simply, you know, look for a balanced fund and and, and buy it. 
Uh, and and I think just you know just to caution before you do that, uh, make sure you do some homework. You know, I'm I'm talking about a fee of of around about one and a half percent. So part of the homework you really need to do is look at what uh, um, you, you'll see. The jargon for this is total expense ratio or total investment charge. So so they'll often talk about TER or TIC, uh, and you want to make sure that the the fees that you're going to pay in the, in those funds is not too high. So so benchmark yourself at somewhere around. One and a half to maybe a maximum of of two percent. If you see a fund, you know a balanced fund, no matter how good the track record is or how good last week's performance was, uh, you know if it's charging you kind of three or four percent a year, which some of them do, uh, choose another fund. Is is my view because you, you know you you can't uh, in an environment where we're, we're hoping to get ten or eleven percent a year, paying away three or four percent a year in fees to me is just ridiculous. You, you know that, that's not sustainable. So so cost is a big issue there. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, I know there are always new funds coming to the market and there are always new asset managers and these asset managers always get really upset because they say no one supports us. You know, we're new. They should, they should look after us. But, but the point is, you know, when you're putting your, your money away for the next decade or two, you know, choosing a, a kind of a biggish team that's got a bit of a history behind it and a proven track record of managing your money in good times and bad times. For, for me, there, there's real value in, in history and, and, and a proven track record. So, so I tend to avoid the new, the, the newer managers until they've, They've kind of built a track record of at least three three years and preferably five. So so maybe that's a, a another good point to to consider. But but uh, also just know that you know when you start your own retirement annuity, for example, or, or you've got a company retirement fund, just have a look at what's inside those because often that that's also where you've got a balanced fund. So yeah, I'm saying you can buy it as a unit trust, but you could also buy it as an RA. And a lot of people, you know, would see themselves as having an appetite for risk and this is too boring. But, you know, as an advantage, uh, you know, do you think every investor should have one? I, I think, um, you know, when we invest our money, we, we, we shouldn't be all or nothing with our money. In other words, you know, t- t- taking all of your money and putting in the riskiest investment around because you feel that you're, you know, you're a risky investor, uh, you know, that's a great way to lose money. So, I, I think life, life and money is all about balance, you know. So having a solid chunk of your money in balanced funds, uh, irrespective of your age, I think is a, is a very good call. And then if you're younger and you, you can deal with, with big losses, you know, um, th- th- then maybe take another portion of your money and buy something that's, you know, p- potentially offers better reward. Uh, I, 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 my experience is those things that, that offer you kind of the, the highest returns very often co- come with the other side of that coin, which is, you know, big losses and, and, and often that ends in tears. So, so I think, you know, by, by all means, have this as the core of your portfolio and then, then add, you know, add a bit more risk if you want. And, 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 you know, on the other side of the equation, if you're really don't like seeing losses, you know, wh- whether it's over a month or three or four, th- th- then maybe you add a bit of a more conservative kind of element to your portfolio, which is a, a complement to this. But, but I think if this is the bulk of most people's money, uh, I, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I don't think it's a return we should sneeze at, you know, j- j- just over 10% a year. Uh, in the environment we've been in, you know, that, that's, that's really powerful. And I think, uh, you, know, in, you know, we kind of get too hyped up often, you know, and, 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 and I think that emotion is really dangerous for us. I, I guess the other thing is someone can say, I'm sold. I want a balance fund, but what exactly do you put in there? What, what right mix of shares and bonds do you put in there to make sure that you get the returns that you're talking about at over 10%? 
So in, in the unit trust world, uh, balanced funds have real meaning. In other words, they're, they're a category of unit trusts and, and, and it's prescribed already that they, they're allowed a, a, a minimum amount in shares and they're allowed a maximum amount in shares. So, so you'll find that they'll range, you know, they'll probably at the lowest end, you know, probably not, not much less than 50% in shares. And at the maximum that I think they're allowed 75 in, in, in shares. So, so you don't have to do much work as an investor. You know, that, that, that kind of that mix of, of the asset types has already been done for you by the, the, the balanced fund manager. Uh, you, your job is really just to look at the overall and just see that, uh, you know, the fees are low. They've got a, a kind of a longish track record. They're, they're fairly consistent. You know, they, 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 once that work's done, you're not worrying about, uh, you, you know, how, how they kind of cut and dice the, the portfolio. But what you need to know is that the bulk of, of your money will be in shares. And, and maybe really importantly is, you know, you know, um, one of the things that's, uh, tre- treasury's done a little while ago is that they've changed the amount that, that, uh, balanced funds or, or, or all retirement funds can invest overseas. Uh, and they've increased that to 45%. So, so it means now that, uh, you know, you buy a balanced fund, your, your fund manager's got a massive range of cha- shares that they can choose from, from, uh, within SA, but more importantly, globally as well. Uh, and, and the same with bonds and property, et cetera. So, so the world is really the, you know, your oyster with, with a fund like that and you're not losing out now on, on, on potential growth. So, so I think the answer is spend more time researching the balanced fund that you need to buy uh, and, and don't worry too much about what the, the fund managers are buying once they're in. I, I think that's their job and that's what they get paid to do. And it's, it's our job as investors to monitor that they, they're sticking to what they said on the box. You touched on uh, Warren earlier about, uh, you know, sometimes your employer having this balance fund in place already. Can you take a peek and maybe advise that they changed what's in your makeup uh, in terms of the assets in, in that portfolio? So, so the, the, this kind of retirement fund world generally to me breaks up into two broad categories. The, there's the one uh, route where, where the employer says, look, uh, we're, we're, we're going to choose, you know, with the, with the trustees of the, of the retirement funds. Cause, you know, especially with bigger companies, um, employees get, get to sit on the, tra- on, uh, as trustees of the retirement fund as well. Uh, and, and they'll agree, you know, and maybe just say, look, we're, we're going to have one portfolio for all of us. Uh, and, and so, you know, a, a, as a member of that uh, retirement fund, you certainly have the rights to look at it. And, you know, you can, you can kind of, uh, you know, agitate to get yourself voted on as a trustee if you really want to put the, the, the work in, uh, and, and then understand what's going on and, and, you know, cast your vote to, to change the portfolio if you want to. Uh, the, the other kind of group is that, that, uh, you'll find, a lot of the time they'll offer what, what's called umbrella funds where, where you kind of get a, a bunch of employers get together and, 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 uh, you know, all of them can contribute to one very large group of funds. And, and often they give you some choice, you know, so, so you might say, uh, I want, I want to choose the maximum risk I can for a retirement fund, where, whereas someone else might be so cautious that they'll choose something else. So, so often you do get a bit of choice with, with, with these bigger umbrella funds. But uh, but I wouldn't be surprised when you look at the large employers where they've just got you know one fund and it's kind of one shoe fits all and and most of the time it's going to be it's going to look a lot like you know one of these very big balanced funds. So so I, I think as long as the fees are low, I, I wouldn't put too much effort in, in, into trying to kind of uh, get that moved. The only thing I would say is 
if they're sitting with you know the lowest amount in shares all the time, uh, you know, in all market conditions, then, then I'd get really grumpy because because you know shares are kind of your engine of growth, and and so you do want a large allocation to shares in your in your balance fund, and and to me that range is somewhere around sixty five to to seventy five percent in shares. You've spoken about uh, this particular model from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty three. So about. 13 years you can keep this particular balance fund uh, and make sure you make uh, over 10% in returns. How long can you keep this particular fund and when it's time to cash in, uh, how much are you looking to pay SARS then? So uh, I think it's maybe the other way around. You can keep it forever. So, you know, I think that it's, it's an ideal vehicle for, for us to, to build up our long-term uh, savings. But, but, but what I would say is on the other side, you know, the, the shortest period of time you should plan to invest is probably five years. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily, uh, you know, kind of put my one-year savings or, you know, if you're saving up for a deposit on a house or a car, uh, you, you know, and, and you want to do that in three years time, then maybe a balanced fund isn't for you. But, but if your time horizon is kind of five years or longer, then, then I think, you know, all, all good. Uh, in terms of tax, you're probably, you know, if you pay the most income tax possible in South Africa, and, uh, um, you know, and that's important because that will determine how much capital gains tax you're going to pay, the, the worst capital gains tax you'll pay will be around about eight, 18%. Uh, so, so definitely for, for people that are building up money, uh, and, and trying to get, you know, get, get money to grow and work for them, you, you'd much rather pay capital gains tax than income tax. You know? And that's, for example, what you would pay on, on a money market fund because you pay income tax on interest. So, so I, I like paying capital gains tax instead of, uh, income tax. Although I have to be honest, I mean, I, I hate paying tax when I see what's been done with our tax <laughs> Don't money. We but, all. but when we have to, let's, Let's pay capital gains tax and not income tax. Look, you don't want to upset the tax man. Um, and now when you look at these particular funds, uh, not everybody has uh, the same discipline. So you can take out this fund. You have it for five years. You have it for 10 years, but you want to keep it for longer. But there's this itch that's telling you you should be withdrawing. Um, you know, can you speak to the financial advisor to say, look, can you lock me in for 30 years and I'd have to sign a particular contract that I can't touch this money? Uh, about the only way you can really do that, I, I think, would be if you know if the money was uh, lo- locked into a retirement annuity. You know, if it's a straight sort of uh, standalone unit trust, they, then uh, and unfortunately, there, there isn't really a way to do that. I, I actually, I mean, I, I would love it if that was possible because I think you know often we're our own worst enemy. You know, um, you, you know, it's it's often the person in the mirror that's the biggest enemy of our yep. of our financial freedom. It's the decisions we make. So, so unfortunately, we can't do that. Um, uh, but, and, and I think a lot of people listening would, would be horrified, you know, if we said, no, no, you can only, you know, you can only touch this money again in 30 years. You know, everyone wants access to the money, or at least to know they can access the money, which is the case with the, with, with, with unit trusts. But, uh, but yeah, you know, if it's the other way around and you wanted to lock it away, probably a retirement annuity is your, your best route because at least it's locked away until you're 55. At what price point can I come in? The earliest I can come in. I mean, you you've priced it at a hundred thousand rand here, but can I come in at five, ten thousand? Yeah, I think you know if we look at debit orders, for example, uh, I think you, you know a lot of the time these companies will accommodate you at at sort of five hundred rand a month. You know, uh, oh, okay. so, yeah. so I can't remember the lump sums, but you know, let's say between five hundred to a thousand rand a month, or you know, I, I mean, I think you know probably a thousand to maybe at max ten thousand rand as a as a lump sum. So, so I'm not saying it's it's 
perfect for everybody, but it's pretty approachable for most of us in South Africa. And then, Warren, let's look at now a question that we got from one of our listeners. Uh, uh, The letter says, yeah, I've accepted a job offer in Ireland, but I plan to return to South Africa once the contract term is completed. It doesn't mention how long the contract is there. And it says, I have a tax-free savings account and a unit trust. I add to these investments every month. Should I continue adding to my investments or look for something else in Ireland or offshore? I think it's a, it's actually a great, uh, a great question. And a lot of our, our kind of workers, you know, and, um, are in this kind of a position where they're looking, you know, overseas to work some, you know, part time or maybe full time. Uh, and so to, to me, uh, you, you know, if the, if the plan is to return, then I definitely want to keep adding to my tax free savings account because, you, you know, the, the, the faster you can get your, your kind of maximum amount in the tax free account, the, the better because, you know, then it gets to grow and compound without paying any tax, you know, not even capital gains tax. So, so I, I would feel quite a lot of pressure. Um, if I'm in, in, in the listener's shoes to, to kind of keep going on the tax free account, uh, the, the unit trust, you know, it, it might be worth pausing that and, and not adding to it. You know, don't sell what you've got. Just leave it there and, and then use the, the money you were putting into the unit trust, uh, to, to kind of build up an investment overseas. You know, we were just been talking about diversification. So while you're there and you've got the money and you don't have to pay the currency conversion costs, uh, then by all means find, find a good, uh, you know, good balanced fund overseas that you can contribute, uh, to. And when you come back, you can leave that over there and it'll continue to grow. And then you can keep going on your, your tax-free savings account in, in South Africa. So I, I'm not convinced that you, that you stop contributing to both, but, but maybe just the unit trust. If you're earning lots of money over there and you've got some disposable money, then by, by all means do the, the, sa- the tax-free savings account and the unit trust in South Africa and then something else overseas as well. But uh, I, I mean, we never know what, what, what the earnings will be in a, on a contract like this. But, but if you're going to have to choose choose to keep going on the tax free i think you know it's it's the best thing that sars has ever given us in the last kind of 10 years and i think we should take advantage of it just to add on to that uh, particular listener question uh, in terms of going offshore what's the easiest way um you know to take some of your money offshore to try and diversify as we see what's happening in south africa so, so I mean, I think I know, I know I've been laboring the point, but don't forget your your typical balanced unit trust is probably running at forty five percent already. So yeah. you've got some very nice exposure there. But uh, there, there are a category of exchange traded funds uh, and and unit trusts in South Africa called feeder funds. It's a terrible name, but but basically what it means is you're contributing rands to a fund that then invests all of the money overseas. Uh, and and what's nice about those is that they they're really efficient for doing monthly debit orders or smaller lump sums, you know, and you don't, you're not paying the banks huge amounts to convert your rands into dollars or into pounds or into euros. So I like feeder funds for debit orders or, or small lump sums. And, and then the alternative is, you know, a lot of the big unit trust companies uh, in South Africa and around the world have, you know, a huge range of dollar pound and euro denominated global funds. Uh, and, and that will be the route if you've got a larger amount, you know, and, and I think if you've got a huge amount, you know, we're now into the kind of million dollar mark that, that you know, that there are some really good offerings right through Switzerland and all over the place where that you can kind of build up a proper portfolio for yourself of investments all around the world. 
All right, that was the investments, who are the personal finance feature rather with uh, uh, Warren Ingram really taking us through our paces, saying if you had put away about 100,000 rand in 2010, uh, the inflation being at 5.22%, you would have made about 196,000. If you went for a money market fund, that would have been at around 6%, you would have made about 228,000. If you went for the big balance funds, which is what we're talking about today, you would have made over 10% at three. 163,000. So some key sound advice they're coming through uh, from Warren Ingram. It's one of those plans that you can put the money away, close your eyes for the next 10 and 20 years and come back and enjoy some of those returns. Of course, be careful. Do some of your research when you get into some of these funds.